you've got to be willing to choose and lose everything. Like every single thing I've ever invested in, I'm willing to lose. Mm-hmm. Like is what you are currently choosing with your life, your business, your relationships, your money flows, your body, everything, is that actually working for you? Or would you like to change something and choose something different? What if everything you've ever been told in life you found out was a lie? Like what would you choose? Wow. Are you feeling stuck, lost, tired, or uninspired? We've all been there, including myself. I'm Coach Des, mindset motivator and lifestyle entrepreneur. I'm here to tell you that the best, unapologetic, and limitless version of yourself is yet to come. The Born Unbreakable podcast is here to inspire just that. With motivating guests from all different walks of life and around the world, their stories will empower you to unlock abundance and your unbreakable spirit. Do you need accountability? Reach out to me for a free consultation of how I can support you in reaching your maximum potential. Hey everyone, it's Coach Des here with an announcement about my Born a Boss Babe 90-Day Transformational Program for 18 to 24-year-old women who are looking to build their confidence, their courage, and their compassion in the world. So if that's you or someone you know, reach out to me at des at bornandbreakable.com. Listen, when we think about people like Oprah Winfrey or LeBron James, what separates them from others is the coaching, the mentorship, the investment that they make in themselves to be great. What if you could supercharge your life at 20 years old so that when you're 30 and 40, you're that much further? When I was that age, college was an incredible foundation for me. But one of the things that was missing is that community that could help me grow and think more intentionally about things like relationships, finance, health, mental wellness. All of those things are important in accelerating how we show up in the world and the impact that we have. If you're ready to supercharge your life, it's time to reach out to me so we can do it together. The program launches in August. I'm so excited and I can't wait to see you there. Welcome to the Born Unbreakable podcast. I'm your host, Coach Des. So excited to be back here with you. Last time you were with me, I did a solo episode. So I'm excited in this episode to have an incredible guest, Simone Millicis, who is a serial entrepreneur. And I'm really excited to get into her story. But she's the founder of the global organization Joy of Business. And Uh, She's done a number of things, including invest in an Italian castle, a racehorse, gold, antiques, to name a few. So um, I'm sure you're interested in hearing about how she's done those things. And she's got a few bestsellers. So you'll want to check those out. Getting out of debt joyfully. I would love to know about doing that joyfully. (laughs) I'm sure people would too. And also relationship are you sure you want one? Well, sometimes we think we do and we may be wrong. No, um, but it's, it's, this is so exciting because I know that so many people who t- tune in are creatives. 
but they also are interested in business, whether you're in, you know, working for a business or you're really interested in, in, in branching out and doing more entrepreneurial things. I think you'll get so much value out of this interview. So Simone, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for having me on here. This is going to be exciting. So I, I think a great place to start is your entrepreneurial journey. You know, you've done a number of things, but where did it all begin for you? Wow. Um, <clears throat> yes, good question. And where did it all begin? I'm not quite sure I have this moment that it all began. I think, I mean, I often quite, quite say, I think the blood running through my veins is different. <laughs> That's why I've just chosen everything. So you know, like when I was at high school, a lot of people used to talk about going to university, college, getting married, having kids, and the you know, usual, right? Yeah. <laughs> I was like looking at everyone going, what? And I was like, there's got to be something different. And people would ask me, and I was like, I want to travel the world. I just want to see the world. I want to see the world, and I want to start my own business. And people would go, well, what sort of business do you want to have? And I was like, I don't know right now. I don't really have a point of view. I just, for me, creating a business was something I saw this as a way to create something and choose something that you could get out there into the world and make the changes in the world that I perceived were possible. So, you know, always from a really young age, I was like, there has to be more than this. This can't be it. You know, the trauma and drama and the, and the, the, you know, the, the smaller, I'm going to say the smaller mentality, I, I would look around and go, there's a whole planet here. There's a whole world here. There's so much like, let's go, let's explore. And that's not what I was surrounded by. So I, I'm going to say I felt really different and I knew I had to follow that different. So when I was like, I think it was 19, I left with so little money in my bank account and I left and I went to America and I spent three months in America and then I went to uh, London and I ended up, I ended up traveling for three years. And just working here and there and just discovering the world. And at that time, I started writing. I had this notebook and I started writing all these different things down that I would like to create in the world. And a lot of it was basically to wake people up. Like, like how do I, you know, I had this, this vision of me just grabbing people by the shoulders and saying, you know, shaking them going, don't you get it? There's something else other than this, you know? And I went, well, that's probably not going to work. <laughs> <laughs> maybe a different strategy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Maybe it's a bit violent. No. <laughs> so it was like, what business can I create that could implement that? And I started writing all that down. And as I, you know, traveled around the world, just discovering so many different people, cultures, you know, the way people interacted and engaged with each other and the earth, etc. then I, I just kept creating different businesses and, and doing different things. And I guess the main business that I really created was called Good Vibes For You. And it was basically, uh, you know, a lot of merchandise and things like that to, I perceived to change the way people looked at the world and looked at each other. Like I always wanted to make a change. Mm -hmm. So when you were 19 and you left, where did you leave from? Where was home? Uh, Sydney. I uh, was born and bred in Sydney, I say. Um, you know, went to a private school, that whole private school mentality, that, that what you're supposed to do, you know, there's the next steps. And I did the exact opposite of what you're supposed to do. Mm -hmm. And uh, I went to Hawaii, first of all, right? So Hawaii is like, yay, that's lovely, you know, little luau and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Then I went to LA and I, we had a hostel in Venice Beach. Oh my God, I nearly died. I was like, 
this is like every American movie coming to life. There was a gun shooting down the road. Like there was all these different, and I was like, and I, I did, I remember going, looking at my friend going, should we be here? Like, you know, are we too young for this? But it's going on. <laughs> sort of got thrown into it and, uh, and handled it and just went, wow, the world is a really different place to what I thought it was where I grew up in the same city, you know, English speaking, blah, 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 this whole thing. Do you know what I mean? You, 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 we tend to grow up in this environment that we find really comfortable. And I think if you're going to be like that entrepreneurial um, energy, you need to step outside of that comfort zone and and find something different, like engage with all of the world and all of society to find out what else is actually possible. And you, I mean, and you stepped way out. It wasn't like you stepped out of your city, your town, your province. You stepped out of your country <laughs> and you went far and then you continued to do that. What gave you the courage to to just explore like that? Uh, look, good question, and I, I'm gonna. If, if it sounds insane, that's okay because I'm willing to be the weirdest person on the planet. But I felt like the world was pulling me, like you know, all these different cities and countries, and it was like, hey, come check me out, come check me out, come check me out. Mm-hmm. Like after I spent time in America, I had no money, and I, we had a flight though, like around the world flight, and I arrived in London, and I had. 50 pounds on me, which is hardly anything. And I remember we got a, a bed and breakfast for a night, um, you know, do that thing of like they've got the boiled eggs and the bread, so take a couple of extra eggs and and piece of bread so you can have that for, you know, I don't know, lunch, dinner, later sort of thing, like really no money. And I remember going into this, uh, it was like a temp agency, and I said, hey, do you have any jobs? And she said, she went, no, 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 we're, we don't, we're full. And I went, oh, okay. And I said, well, thank you so much. And then she stopped me and she said, hang on, where are you from? And I said, I'm from Australia. And she went, just, she said, sit down and wait. She said, if you can give me 30 minutes, just wait and I'll, and I'll come see you. And I was like, okay. So then I did. And then I spoke to her and she, and I said, why did you ask me to sit down if I was from Australia? And she said, oh, all Australia. <laughs> Australians, New Zealanders, New Zealanders and South Africans are so desperate for money by the time they come here, they're willing to do anything. And I went, well, that's true. I've got 50 pounds in my pocket. So I was like, all right. So my first job in London was stuffing these invoices into envelopes for three days. Like, but I was so happy that I was getting paid and I was oh, earning money. Yeah. I didn't have to, you know, go home. And I remember even with that, it was a three-day job and I finished it in two days. And the guy who was paying me said, let me give you a little hint. And I was like, okay. And he said, if I hire you for three days, take three days. I can only pay you for two. And it was one of my first moments that I went, God, is this the way the world works? Rather than the speed at, at or, or, you know, like for me, it was like, I mean, one of the books I wrote, the first book I wrote was called Joy of Business because I love business. To me, it's really joyful. And it, and it was this moment that I went, oh, people, like that. there was a lack of contribution in that for me. It's like, why would we not contribute to each other and move at the speed of, you know, ease and joy that we could, but not try and, I don't know, take the, like, relax into this thing of just like, eh, someone else is going to pay it. You know what I mean? Like that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. It was interesting. I was 19 and I went, oh, okay. So you're not supposed to work hard in the workforce is what I got from that. Yeah. Work and work within these confines, and that should be sufficient. Yeah, and, yeah. Ugh. And I realized yeah, I'm different. 
I'm really different. That's not my reality. It's not my world. No. I think different is better. <laughs> you know, because you get to be you. Like, yeah. you know. Well, and that's just so aligned because my message on this show is to be unapologetically you. So I, I love that. Yeah. I saw that and I went, oh, I love that. Unapologetically yeah. you. Yeah. Brilliant. Well, and so that's that's one of the things I was so attracted by with your story is this. So going back to one of the things I really want to touch on is this conventional way of thinking. Because whether you're in Australia or well, actually any part of the world, you know, even though we grow up in different cultures and traditions, there is somewhat of a rubric for success. And that's pretty uh, tried and true, if you will, like there is a majority that 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 leans in that direction. Um, but I also want to point out that there's nothing wrong with that. So if you if I mean, I certainly, you know, went to school, went to college, got a job, but then realized that there was just other things of interest and fulfillment besides doing that and then started to branch off and you know do more entrepreneurial things but um it it there's just something inside of us that is this little voice that's eager to do new things but at the same time that voice emerges there's another voice that talks you out of it because it's scared it's scary. It's different. What, and then you do the whole like, well, what if this happens? And what if that happens? What if I fail? And then you talk yourself into this loop. And oftentimes we then don't pursue the things that we're interested in or passionate about because of that voice. So what was for you the first time that you invested in a business um, where you were taking a risk, but told yourself that you were going to do it anyways? Well, I would like to explore what you said in a slightly different way because for me it's like you know. You're knowing is that quick, you know. You know, you know, you know, you know. You Your know. intuition. Absolutely. And you yeah. know. And, and so with that, though, you've got to be willing to choose and lose everything. Like every single thing I've ever invested in, I'm willing to lose because if you make it this – like look at the energy of that if that was a personal relationship and you went into this relationship and you were like, oh, my God, if I lose you, it's going to be, oh, you know, it yeah, doesn't right. have this great energy. And so anything that I start, any business, any investment, stock portfolios, real estate, anything, I'm like, worst case scenario, am I okay if I lose it? Yes. Okay, let's go. So that's one area that I would look at. And the second piece, when you talk about this second voice, what I find is it's not your voice. It's everybody else's point of view and we tend to buy everybody else's point of view. Like people like you to play it safe. They like you to be able to be a certain way so they can define you because if you are undefinable to your friends, to your family, you make them so uncomfortable. You're so rogue. You are yeah. rogue. <laughs> yeah, you are. You've gone rogue and it's like they're like, boop, boop. So then the third piece to that is you just need to get filthy rich because when you're wealthy and rich, then everybody just wants your money and they go, oh, hang on a second. She's so <laughs> I can't define her. But you know what? Maybe she's onto something there. But if you have no money, then they just put you into the Looney Tunes category and go, oh, she's, she's doing some weird ass thing again. You know, it's that like, is so now? true. You know, so I learned that I, all those, everything I've just spoken about, I've learned because it's, 
my my friends and my family, I would hear them and they'd be like, oh, but you don't choose that. Oh, but you don't do that. Or that's taking too much of a risk. And I was like, I didn't actually ask you for your point of view. I would actually just like to choose it. And I know I've offended a lot of people by going, thank you for your judgment. Thank you for your point of view. Like not really the words, but energetically. And then just went, I'm going, you know, and it just flew. It's like sometimes, you know, I flopped. I failed in some choices I've made in business. But I tell you what, I have gained awareness. And I think that is imperative that every single choice you make, ask, what awareness did I gain with this choice? Because the money I've gained awareness. The money I've made, it's like, great, gained awareness. It's like all of it. Yeah. And you, well, and you've had fun along the way because that's been a principle of yours, you know, to have joy in what you do. Why, why, this life is about this big. Why would we be miserable? Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. I know. (laughs) You know. The choice available, ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) (laughs) Right? I mean, it, it pains me when I see people who are going through what appears to be the monotony. It's safe, it's secure, it's repetitious, but it's also boredom yeah. and sadness and, you know, all these things that, you know, you, you're, th- those are those look at the clock. I call it look at the clock moments. Yeah. When you're looking at the clock and waiting for something to be over, you need to be thinking of something else to be doing. <laughs> you know, I love that analogy. That's great. I even uh, look at that with, um, I was, it's funny, I was having this conversation. I do this um, private Pilates sessions and I was making a comment the other day that whenever she goes, okay, and your session's done, I go, oh, it's over already. I never look at the clock because I friggin' love it, you know, mm-hmm. and that's, I love that analogy. Yeah. So, But, you know, I grew up with two different things as well and I think it's really interesting to see what you grow up with because a lot of the times what you grow up with, you buy that point of view and that reality is yours and it's not. So my first tool would be to ask if I was choosing to create my life, my reality today, like my business, my money flows, whatever it is, what would I choose? Not what would my parents choose? What would my friends choose? You know, any of that. It's like, what would I choose? Like, what do you know? And for me, I had like my mother was the play it safe. She, you know, once they had the house, um, Mm -hmm. she was like, that's it. That's enough. We need to now play it safe. Right. And she was always like that. And, And she was like, you need to get a good, safe job. You know, like when I came back from overseas, she's like, now that you've got that out of your system, you you get a good, safe job. And I remember being, I was horrible, the early 20s, you know, going, I'd rather stick needles in my eyes than get a good, safe job, you know. (laughs) But I was trying to, like, justify my random choices. And now I realise I don't have to justify any choice I make. I can just choose. But my father, on the other hand, was, he was a chartered accountant. And he, I remember as a kid, like, he he um, dabbled in a lot of different businesses. Like, you know, he would, I don't know, at one stage we were partners of a butcher shop and then this importing business from India. And then I remember the picnic table craze came out and we were part of that. So he was always really willing to be that entrepreneur and, and do that. But my mother was always like, you have to stop, you have to stop. She wasn't willing to take the risk. Whereas my dad, I got saw that joy and that enthusiasm of what you could have and create in the world by your choices. And so luckily my dad really got me and he was always empowering. He died about nine years ago, but he was so empowering to me and was always saying, Simone, your life is your choice. You need to choose. I'm here for you. And yet you need to go find out what it is that you would like to create as your life. And I was so grateful for that. And that's the thing is that 
only we can determine what that is. Yeah. You know, it's, it's within us and that is not anybody else's responsibility to make those decisions. And so when you really are looking inward, you know, you're, you're leaning into the best version of you, you know, and you have the right to change your mind. (laughs) You have the right to, you know, do more than one thing. And, and I think that is the, I do think that's the journey that we all go on is this, this tension or this friction of fighting the other, you know, the other voice that comes in and says, but why? And there is a, almost a, a posture of defensiveness so that you have to defend something. But I love what you pointed out of you just do what you want to do, you know, regardless of, of somebody saying that it's the right thing or not. It's the right thing for them, but that might not be the right thing for you. Yeah. And I, I just think it's like, what if we stop defending our choices? But, you know, when I talk about that, I, I can see a lot of people sort of go to, oh, now I have to fight for what I want. No, if you're truly choosing for you, you actually show other people that they can choose for them. Like what if we start, what, what if we stopped referencing the past and everybody else to, to create our lives and our business and our money flows and our ideas and what if we started choosing from what we know? Like and being in question, I think being in question is imperative. It's like, you know, is this going to create something greater? Is this congruent, this choice, with what it is that I would like to create in the world? And, mm-hmm. you know, with those quote-unquote voices like you're you're talking about I would like ask a question who does this belong to is this point of view mine and it's like what is this person you know trying to do because like I mentioned I I don't I wish it wasn't like this but I don't see a lot of people who are surrounded by families who are truly supportive every now and then you do but a lot of families are more like you have to stay in this box you have to function like this you're not allowed to be ridiculously, you know, more successful and wealthy than everybody else in the family. It's like there's a, there's a, you know, there's a safety, you know, don't go too, don't go too poor or don't go too, you know, this, but also don't go too high because we there's, guard, there's guardrails. Yeah, right? yeah, there is. We don't know how to control that. Like don't get yeah. out of control. And it's like, why not? What if we were all willing to be out of control and truly choose what it is we desire? What, what would we create? What would we choose? I mean, the people who you are the most attracted to in the world are the ones who are actually being them. And if we get to be us, nobody does you like, like you. So, you know, that's what I would love to see everyone choosing. What works for Mm -hmm. you? Yeah. Well, and there's, there's an authenticity in that. Right. And so part, you know, part of what we're, we're working through as we're, we're moving our way through the world is all of the constructs that we've been to some extent indoctrinated in. Right. Because when you grow up, there's point of views that are bestowed upon you. And then there's other, forces at work, right? You, you bring in religion, you know, you bring in education, the kind, the kind of education that you have. So you've got outside the household, you've got inside the household, you've got the community at large. And so all of a sudden you're, you're paying allegiance to all of these different entities that are grooming you. But throughout all of that, I love the point that you're making in each of those interactions and experiences asking the question, do I agree with this? Is it serving me? Is this how I want to be in the world? Because you're, to me, it's the difference between consciousness and almost unconsciousness, because when you're unconscious, you're just going with 
what is in front of you. When you're conscious, you're making decisions about what you really want, right? You're making, I would say you're making choices because to me, a choice too is you choose and you can choose in, in 10 second increments. Like you can choose and choose again and choose again and choose again and choose again. And a lot of times when we make a choice, when we make it into a decision, it's sort of got this solidity to it, like it's locked in. Um, I mean, you said before, it's like, you know, we're allowed to change our mind. Like I know at school um, here, it's like you're 14 years of age and they're saying, what do you want to do when you leave school? Like pick your, pick your subjects so that then you can go, you know, what, what university, what college. And I remember having a chat with my stepson at one stage and I went, hey, dude, and I was like, just know whatever you choose now, you're allowed to change your mind because I know what they're like at school. They're like, you've got to stick to this so you can get this, you know, end result that you're asking for. I'm like, he's 14, you know. He likes I, He barely knows what he wants to eat, let alone exactly. what he wants yeah. to eat. He just wants to eat a lot. I know that, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like, so you're allowed to change your mind, but it's like where do we get into that place like, oh, now I'm 20, 30, 40, 50, 60, that we go, oh, I'm not allowed to change my mind. Yes, you are. Yeah. Absolutely. So what if you looked at each choice you made and went, okay, so this moment I'm going to choose this. Because you know in life, like how many times you choose something and you think you're going on this direction and then something else pops up and if you kept going in that direction because you go, no, this is the road I'm going down, it's like is that the road of this, you know, lightness, ease, joy, fun, you know, revenue streams, et cetera, or did something come along and go ping and you go, oh, that. Like I moved up to Queensland in Australia to study to be a, a naturopath at the College of Natural Medicine. I enrolled, I paid my fee, I did all of that. And then I went to a mind, body and spirit festival and met this guy who was an access consciousness facilitator and was like, this is interesting, you know, and had a mm. chat with him. And then I went to an introduction night that he was doing. And then I got my bars run, which is a hands-on process we do. And I went, this is really, this is so matching the energy. Like it's congruent with what I've been asking in the world. So I just null and voided my whole college thing. And I went, I got to find out more about this. And then here I am 21 years later of a facilitator of access consciousness. And I'm so grateful I did that and didn't become a naturopath. <laughs> but that's why I moved to Queensland was to become a naturopath. Do you know what I mean? You got to, you got to acknowledge those moments where your body or your being goes, do this, move over there, ring this person, pick up that newspaper, you know, turn on the TV and then you get these pings and the universe is going, hey, you know, these whispers and you go, oh, that, that. But if you're not listening to those voices of every other person around you who's decided they know what you should be doing, mm -hmm. then you get to choose. In fact, yeah. Hmm. That's, that is incredible because that is what awareness is. Yes. Is, is a complete presence of the moment. And yep. I think when we, when we, the other thing that happens that we battle against is this predictability, right? This, that goes back to the safety. And this is what happens. You paint this picture of this path of like, I, I hear this all the time. You know, I, I did this myself and, and, and people, younger people are okay. In five years, mm -hmm. I'm going to do X. Mm -hmm. 
And then by the time that happens, I'll be ready for this. And then the next thing that's going to happen is, I mean, I can't even tell you even just in a week, how many conversations in passing that I have just through my travels and just, you know, a lot of them just are random, but they're, they're so focused on the time that it will take to do a certain task or milestone. Often they're big milestones like marriage or kids or a career. And, uh, it's, it's, almost a insertion of limitations on your life <laughs> when you're well, when you're saying hey yeah well then what happens is this disappointment of this i'm going to do this this is going to take me 3 years and then when it doesn't happen mm. oh well i didn't do it because now it's three and a half years and i just must be a failure and it's like Oh my gosh, that couldn't be, couldn't be farther from the truth because you are living in the moment. And in moments, there's, there is gut instincts, awareness, those things, you know, what you talked about, those pings from the universe. And most of the time, that's not a linear path. No. That is not some kind of thing that says, yes, you know, in this amount of time, this will be achieved. And the, I've been proven wrong every single time I've done that in my life. That's like, oh, I'm going to put a timeline. And, you know, and it's not to say you shouldn't plan and you shouldn't be, you know, organized. But I, but I do think that there is um, some cautiousness that we need to exercise when there's too much of that mentality because it almost is creating a, a limiting vibration mm -hmm. Um you know, that's that that keeps us from these possibilities that we may not even be aware of right now. If that makes any sense. Yeah, it, it makes total sense. You just you said that beautifully. And I and I totally agree. I mean, if you have no expectations and projections of your life, but you get to choose, it's, it's a different it's a different world. I mean, even Buddha says, you know, expectations will always make you unhappy. So, and I, and I like to talk about the predictability part, right? It's like, mm -hmm. if you're trying to predict your life, I want you to tell me one day, one day of your life that you woke up in the morning and you knew exactly what was going to happen that day. And then by the time you went to bed, it did happen. It never does. Life is not predictable. It's like, stop trying to make it predictable. And, and the way you described that it was beautiful in the sense of, you try and predict something, then all you can receive is that. You will not receive all of the possibilities, the infinite possibilities that are available to you if you let go of trying to predict your day, predict your life, predict your business, predict your relationships, predict your money, all of that. If you let go of all of that, you know, you'll see the 20 bucks lying on the floor. You'll see the business possibility that pops up by a random conversation in, in with a, someone that you're sitting next to on a plane, because it, it that wasn't in your predictability. You can't predict stuff like that. Yeah. So if you and it's so interesting because we try and predict our life to be safe. Well, I'm sorry. So I mean, living in Australia is very interesting. We've had major bushfires, major floods, and I know the rest of the world has had different stuff going on. You can't predict that. And things like that come along. Like when I live across the road from the beach, when you've got floods and you've got a king tide, you're like, oof, you know, yeah. you know the planet's just like, I gotcha. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You can't predict stuff like that. So it's like what if you started living your life from like 
you know, like the wind. And it's like ask a question and allow the leaves to drop and the and the winds to blow and the branches to break and the acorns to fall on the floor and, you know, the flowers to bloom and the bees and, and allow all of it. And that's your business. That's your life. Just allow it to come to fruition. But if you're super, like you mentioned, if you're if you're being aware, you'll know, boom, that, 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 that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that presence, mm. that really smelling those, as they say, roses, you know, <laughs> around you. Yeah. You you awaken those senses when when we when we leave ourselves open enough to receive. Uh, I'm curious, you know, one of the things that you you've you know talked about, and I know people ask you about, is this notion of toxic toss, toxic productivity. So I'd love for you to talk about what what is toxic productivity and how do you manage that? Well, I would say toxic productivity is a lot of the times where people go to the exact opposite of what we've been talking about. Like to me, we've been talking about what can you be? What can you be with your life, your business, your money flows, etc. rather than what can you do? And so that toxic productivity, I mean, I was talking to you before we went live and because I work a lot around the world, when I wake up in Australia, America and Europe are still awake. So they're like, are you awake? Are you awake? You know, like, and that you can feel them like going, smile, smile, smile. But toxic productivity would be me waking up and then hitting this like stress level because I can feel everybody around the world needing something and then going, that's how I create my day. Whereas I don't. It's like I ask a question of where is my energy required today? And every morning I ask that. And because you might have, you know, I mean, God, nowadays you have so many frigging platforms like of how people communicate with you, you know, and, and then it'll be like, oh, you'll get a hit, this, that, this. And so <clears throat> it's, to me, it's like nobody has that relaxation in business that is so available. And from relaxation, you actually expand your awareness, you expand your, you expand your zone of awareness. You know, like when something's like shut down and it's sort of confined. And it's like when we do the toxic productivity, it's about ticking off the to-do list, making sure we're proving that we're doing something, proving our worth rather than just knowing your worth. Where Rather, when you literally just expand your awareness out across, you know, I do it across the entire planet because our business is in 187 countries. So, you know, I can't just make it about Australia. So it's bigger, bigger, bigger. And then ask, okay, so where is my energy required today? Where is my energy required right now? And and one of the tools that I like to give, which I do myself too, is one hour a day and one day a week. Do something that's nurturing for you, like nurturing for you and your body. And it could be anything. Like, I mean, I've been up since 4 a.m. on different things now. And in between the stuff I did and you, I just actually lay down on my couch with my hands on my body, just being really present with my body. And just being like, hey, you know, body, and just like having a little chat to it. And I always ask, what would it take for today to be greater than yesterday? Because you're with your body. Your body needs to come along for the ride too, you know. And so just gave myself 30 minutes before I met up with you. And I see the toxic productivity is when people don't allow themselves that space to be with themselves and be with their body. Wow. We are doing ourselves a disservice when we don't do that. I think, you know, I, I'm so glad you mentioned that. And it's almost this this feeling of people, you know, feel guilty, like they're supposed to give themselves permission to, you know, for this time. Yesterday, um, you know, I was coming back from a trip and my body was telling me, 
you need rest. Hmm. You know, you, you've got all this work. There's, there's a lot to be done, but it's probably not going to be done well if you don't get some rest. So I moved things around. I, I shifted them into, into spaces where I knew I could give better energy to it hmm. and I rested. And I did. It was awesome. It was awesome. I slept. I had great conversation with my mom, ate dinner. I mean, I just, I enjoyed the space that I created to recuperate, re rejuvenate. And then sure enough, I got up early. I mean, and it's been, you know, all day productive in terms of getting things done. But I honestly feel that the only reason I was able to do that is because of what I did previously, which was yeah. to listen to myself and say, you know, you planned all this stuff today, but that's not really what your body's telling you. You can accept is, is aligned with yeah. your energy right now. Yeah. So you, you need to realign. And so that's, that's what I listened to. And, and I like the way you said that you enjoyed yourself, right? You didn't judge it. You enjoyed it. And then my sense is today you've been really productive and you've also enjoyed it. Yeah, because I was awake, I had great energy, I felt like my interactions were authentic, I wasn't faking it and, ugh, you know, just... Boring. That is so boring. freaking boring. It's like, oh, this sucks. Yeah. It's like, be you. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. totally, yeah. totally. Yeah. And I just, you know, I, I would love to invite anybody who's listening to, to do exactly what you said. I mean, do we, do you check in with yourself? Mm. Do you check in... In those moments, and usually it's those moments of chaos when so many things are coming at us that it's almost to the overwhelm. We're not sure which thing to do first. That's the time when you need the pause the most is, is what I find because, you know, sometimes we make the mistake of going, oh my gosh, now I have to be on overdrive so I can answer this email, do this thing. And, and, and then now you're even more depleted when you could just take, take a minute, yeah, recalibrate figure out what you can deprioritize or shift, you know, around. Um, and we, we sometimes are so bound by what the calendar told us to do or, you know, letting somebody else steal our energy that we, you, you can control it in those moments. Well, you stop enjoying everything. Like, you know, you were just saying, like even, you know, people have like another, uh, another coffee to get that adrenaline. Rather than I love coffee, like I love drinking coffee, but I enjoy it. I yeah. don't have it so I can wake up and be alive for work. I, I just, mm. it's one of my favorite things in the morning is like, I make good coffee, I've got great coffee here, you know, but I enjoy it. I don't do it so that I can start. Yeah, no, what if, what if nothing was a necessity and everything was a choice and, and have a look at, like you said, it's like, well, you know, what will bring me joy today? Like even asking that question. Can you imagine if you just enjoyed your day? Yeah, <laughs> I do. I do. I do. So I, and I'm curious, you know, because that is the first book, right? That you wrote about what inspired you to write your book? The first, the first. Um, so what inspired me is Gary Douglas, the founder of Access Consciousness. Uh, Cause he actually, it took him a while, I'm going to say, but he got me to see just how different and weird I was because my point of view was always, if you're not doing what you love, why are you doing it? I don't understand. And I had this conversation with him at one point uh, and I said to him, I don't get it. Why is this person making this choice in business? And he went, what do you mean? And I went, 
well, it's business and business is joyful and they're choosing this and I don't see the joy in that. And he looked at me and he went, what are you talking about? And I went, and I said it again and he went, Simone, people don't do business for the joy of it. And I went, yes, they do. And he went, no, they don't. And I went, yes, they do. And we had this back and forth until I looked at him and he went, you're different. And I was like, oh, and he said, you need to start doing classes in this. So that's actually what I first started doing. I first started doing joy of business classes. They're called Business Done Different. And, you know, it was like eight or ten people sitting around, you know, and I would do this class. But in my head I was like, oh, this is this is boring because I could be creating business and all, all I'm doing now is just talking about it, you know. And then I had people come up to me and I could feel in their world that they were like, oh, my God, thank you so much for these tools. This is everything that I've always known but nobody talks about it. And I could see the freedom it was giving them and I went, oh, this does match the energy of what I'd like to create in the world. So then gradually after years I ended up, you know, getting a lot of my classes and, and, and putting, compiling it all and putting it into a book and now it's translated into 16 languages and I'm actually working on my second book which will be called Business and Different. So, yeah, I'm, well, my second business book I should say. So that's how that grew and got started. So, Are you freaking kidding me? That's awesome. <laughs> I love that. I love that because you, that, that, you know, you, 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 it didn't start with, okay, I'm going to write this book for this reason. It started with, you know, you just leaning into that energy, which yeah. was, okay, I'm going to, let me help people understand this and get this message out there. And it was, it was almost, it was asked of you more so than you. Oh yeah, definitely. To do it. Actually, the three books I've written have been requested of me. Because here's the thing, the way we live our life and what we're great at, we think everyone's great at it. You know, if <laughs> you're a great true. connector and people go, God, you're great at connecting and you go, yeah, anyone can do that. No, you they can. can't. You can, you know. So most of the time what we're great at, we think is useless, you know, and then what we're not so great at, we're like, like, you know, that's like wonderful. So all <laughs> these topics, I was like, doesn't everyone do that? And yeah. It's like, no. And then I went, oh, I could empower people to know more about what they actually know. Because to me, this is not about me telling you anything. You actually know what works for you. But if mm -hmm. we start exploring, like having these conversations, like meeting someone like you is brilliant. Thank you. You're phenomenal. And, and having these conversations that maybe just maybe there's a few people out there who listen and go, huh. Maybe I'm not as screwed up as I think I am. Maybe, maybe I'm actually more brilliant than I think I am, you know, right. and start to choose from that. That's what I, that's what makes me, you know, create what I do each and every day. Yeah. And, it, you know, this is, I love this conversation and it's, and it invigorates me because similar to you, I've always felt like an alien. Yeah. In some some way, you know, when you're when you're when you are the deviant, <laughs> yes. Like I I I would have different points in my life where I would literally ask myself, "Am, am I just deviant? Like, sh is there a class for this where you just go to the deviant class and there's only like three of you because everybody else is normal, you know? Because I would always be um, outside of the box. Yeah, right. There's a box, and I'd be like, "Ah, that doesn't look as fun." Yeah. I'm going to go out here. I'm going to color outside the lines. It's going to be awesome. I'm going to make my own like stick figures on the chalk on the street. I mean, it was just always a little different. Yeah. 
a little off center in a create, like you said, in a creative way of like, what if this can happen? And there's not really a roadmap for it, but I just made one. Would that be okay? Or is that like you know, rebellious in some way? But I too, like you, it would always have this energy. But, and I would try to see if there was, you know, something that I could follow but so many times there wasn't, and I just yeah made yeah, and and it's doing that. It's choosing that from the relaxation too, though, not from the resistance and reaction. Mm -hmm. I see people do that too. Like they'll go into this resistance and reaction, and then be like, "I will do this," you know, like a petulant teenager. I will yeah. do this on my own. I'm going to be different, and it's like you look like everybody else. You know, like you know, I don't know whatever era is going through, like when the punk era was out, it's like you look like everybody else. You're not actually being different, you know. But it's not It's not about the resistance and reaction and having to prove anything. It's truly, as you say, it's like leaning into yourself. Yeah. And going, actually, does this work for me? Mm -hmm. like, is what you are currently choosing with your life, your business, your relationships, your money flows, your body, everything, is that actually working for you? Or would you like to change something and choose something different? As both of us have said here, you get to choose again. Yeah. What was your support network? So, you know, as you, as you went, like it's, you, talk, you talked a little bit about your parents and their different viewpoints as you've gone and made different decisions and you've talked about the people that have disagreed with you. Where do you get the support to do the things that you want to do? Look, the first person without a doubt was my dad. Like, and, and he used to say, he was so cute. I mean, he was like a <laughs> Catholic and he'd say, at 16, I went, sat down, I went, Dad, I don't want to go to church anymore. And I went, I'm not listening to the priest. I'm not doing any of this. I don't get it, you know. And I took a lot of courage to do that because he was a devout Catholic. I went to Catholic schools and everything. Yeah. And he looked at me and he went, he was so cool. He went, okay, Simone. He said, you don't have to go anymore. He went, I'll pray for you. And I was like, thanks, Dad. So every week he'd go, I'm praying for you. And I'd go, thanks, Dad, you know. and But he always let me choose for me no matter even if he could see I was about to totally stuff something up he let me choose and I'm so grateful for that because it, it, it allowed me to to get that there's doesn't have to be a right or a wrong and most people try their whole life to try and get things right rather than have the freedom and he taught me choose just choose 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 you stumble and fall what are you going to do are you going to lie in the ground with you know crying about your you know your cut knee or are you going to get up you know, be like this energy of like, nah, that was funny, you know, and move on. And he was very empowering like that. So my dad was definitely this rock and for that. Um, and then I'm going to say for quite some time, I didn't find anyone. In truth, what I lent into was drugs and I started taking a lot of drugs. And mm -hmm. um, to me, that was the closest I could be to not this reality. Like when I was taking drugs, I was like, oh, the insanity is leaving the room, you know. Yeah. And uh, and so I lent into that, I'm going to say. And then, honestly, when I met Gary Douglas, like I said, the founder of Access, uh, and Dr. Dane here, who's brilliant, um, I went to one of their first advanced classes and I stopped taking drugs at that class. And I remember Gary during a break, he looked at me and I was crying and I was sitting inside of the room and he came over and he went, are you okay? And I said, well, I said, you got me on the drug thing. And he said, what do you mean? And I said, well, I've taken a lot of drugs, you know, and, and, and I really like what you're talking about. And he said, well, he said, 
taking drugs and choosing consciousness is like sitting on the edge of a fence. He said, one day you'll end up impaled. And, and I looked at that and he wasn't saying, don't do it. It's wrong, which I'm so grateful for, because if he did, I probably would have left. Like I would have gone, you know, stuff you, I'm going to do what I'm doing, you know, and he yeah. didn't. He was like, hey, it's all just a choice. But what I started to look at was what he was delivering and these tools and the processes and how he was talking about life, like, and, and he was saying, don't trust me, trust you. Like, what do you know? Like that whole empowering you to know that you know. And I went, this is what I've been looking for. So that was my, and I stopped taking drugs then. And, and I'm really grateful. I, I, I like to say I've had a colourful life because I have no place to judge anyone. I, mm. I'm, I've definitely have been a naughty girl and been there, done that, and, and here I am today, you know. So, you. yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, it makes you, it makes all the colour you know. Yeah, whatever. It's like. And, and you have no place to judge anyone because you're like, I've uh, done some naughty stuff, you know. So my dad, drugs, which is funny, um, I'm going to say Gary and Dane and Access and then, and then me, really me. Like even today, this morning, I was going through some stuff and I really had to look at me and how different I am and how if I stopped trying to look for people to relate to me and align and agree with me, then can I acknowledge just how different I am and, and go with that? And then what else would I like to choose? Like, yeah. That might be the most powerful thing I've ever heard because so, so much <clears throat> is finding this sense of belonging, yeah. right? And when you, when you, people like you and I, who often just feel the difference immediately, you know, in, in different moments, different experiences, as we walk in the world, there's a lot of questions, you know, we, you're proud to be who you are and you, and you go into that, but um, it isn't until you find that within that support within yeah. at any given point, because you, the cool thing is that you always have you. Yeah. That's the cool yeah, thing. Yeah, about you're it. not going anywhere. Hey. You're you. <laughs> Hey there, you're still yeah. here. Yeah. How's it going? I checked out for a minute, but you're you're still here, right? In your body. You just have yeah. to get aligned with your maybe your mind and your your spirit. But that's you know, such the fascinating thing is that uh as as we as we walk through life and growing up, there's there is a huge energy about finding your affiliations, you know, where do you fit in? Where do you belong? You know, and then when you're saying no to things, because I, I had a similar experience to you grew up in Catholicism and, you know, did church because that's what you do. And at some point was like, you know, this is interesting, but I kind of want to see if there's other ways that I can learn things. Um, and so I did, but so if for every time that you step out into yourself and into that courage, there, there you lose. You could potentially, potentially lose this conglomerate of of people, you know, or entities. And then, you know, once again, you're still left with yourself. <laughs> so, you know, it's just it's such a powerful experience to be able to have that conversation with yourself and go, you know, I choose me. Maybe that relationship that I was in didn't work out and we didn't make a choice of choosing each other, but I still choose me, you know, and then you, you, you make decisions about the other relationships that you get into, but we're tested so often 
And I think when we can come back around to ourselves, we're doing ourselves a big service. Yeah. So that's. I totally agree. You're not less than, like, if you, even if you start looking at that, it's like for anything. I mean, you mentioned relationships and so many people, if relationships break up, they start to look at, what did I do wrong? What, what could have I changed? And it's like, no, you're not less than. It's not, it's actually not personal. It's. Well, and then you go, I just, you know, I just did this piece. I just did this blog on, because it's one of the most common things that I hear is mm. I'm not enough, not enough insufficiency, inadequacy, because it comes from somewhere, you know, some relationship that didn't work out often, you know, that's one example, one common example, but, but it is this, this feeling of, ugh. I wasn't good enough. That's why that didn't survive. That's why that didn't last. And, and, you know, we tell ourselves these bullshit, crazy stories that are the farthest from the truth, but in that moment, that's what it feels like. Right. So it's, you know, you have to get back centered and get to a place of consciousness and awareness and self-love and worthiness, you know, to, to combat that. But, um, you know, there's, there's certain experiences or interactions that can, uh, trigger and and put us at risk of those those yeah i mean how much do we do that you said it before to try and be normal you know when you said like those three people that you know what if we flipped it like everyone's trying to be normal and they're trying to do what they've decided is normal what if us what if like very few of us were normal and we were all different and that's what we embraced Yeah. yeah That would be freaking awesome. <laughs> this is scene makes me think of, you know, do you remember Monty Python movies? Life of yeah. Brian. Life of Brian, many, many years old. And there's this scene and they're all, there's this big massive audience, you know, and <laughs> they yell out all at the same time in unison. We are all individuals, right? And then the one guy goes, ah, uh, he looks around and he goes, I'm not. <laughs> brilliant it's like that's what we're trying to do we are all individuals by doing the same friggin' thing no you're not you're different we're different no, we're different yeah we really are oh my gosh this is this is so awesome but simone i do want to ask you a couple questions so folks can get to know you a little bit more so you know uh, my first question as a tribute to the title of my podcast, mm-hmm. which is called Born Unbreakable, is what makes you unbreakable? Me. And you know, when you say born unbreakable, I just got this vision. Apparently, when I was born, I literally came out in seven minutes backwards with the cord around my neck and everyone was freaking out. But we make this joke about I was just like, I'm ready, let's go, you know. Let's do this. <laughs> Yeah. I'm here. I yeah. got this. Yeah. Don't worry about it. And yeah. it was like the roadmap for your life. Oh, here we go. Let's get it on. Let's start. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's awesome. Okay. What is something that's on your bucket list? Something that's on my bucket list. Okay. I've got to say a few countries that I haven't been to, and I've been to a lot of countries. Uh, one of the things when I travel I mean, I've traveled for the last 17 years, like nine, 10 months of the year, except for COVID crap. Um, and I've seen a lot, but I, I like delving into a country. So Vietnam, Cambodia, there's a few Asian countries I haven't been to that I'd actually like to just go and explore. Oh, that mm. sounds amazing. 
Amazing. I think Asia is so fascinating. I would love to just really? do an Asian tour. <clears throat> okay. What's a self-limiting belief that you've had to overcome? Um, oh, I gotta say the judgment of my body. I spent the majority of my life judging my body and you know, trying to change the way it looks, like the shape and size to create an image that apparently I was meant to have. And finally, you know, as I got older, not that long ago, like I'm going to say five, six years ago, I finally went, oh, my God, you have to stop this. <laughs> so that was definitely very limiting to me is judging my body because as we've both mentioned, you're here, your body, you, you're together 24-7. <laughs> here, it's here. Yeah. This, yeah. Is, this is the vessel. Yeah, don't We've apologize. Been anointed yeah. with, and yeah. we embrace it. We love it. Yeah, no, I think that's, I feel like so many people listening can resonate with that in some way. You know, oh, I've spoken to some people that, like, you would say are just so stunningly beautiful, like what's supposed to be in this reality, and they still have judgments. Mm -hmm. so, oh, yeah. So, yeah. yeah. I, it's, it's interesting you say that too, because I, I rarely find someone who isn't self-critical mm. about some aspect, you know, of, of themselves and their, in, in terms of appearance, you know, it could be, and yeah. it could be the things that you, it would surprise you. Like, really? Like you, oh gosh, I would never have imagined that, you know, oh, are too big or they're not even yeah. or something like I, that. Yeah. You're like, really? <laughs> now that you point it out. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> <laughs> in a sudden, I thought that was the camera that was off. No. <laughs> I thought that made you unique, but you know, um, <clears throat> what about a superpower on the other side of that? What's something that you're just, you're uh, choice, good at choice, choice, proud of? Choice, 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 learning to choose and be okay to choose again. Like, yeah. Cause we have, we all need that superpower to be yeah. spread. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. What? A, okay. If there was one last piece of advice that you could give to anyone listening, what would that be? What if everything you've ever been told in life you found out was a lie? Like what would you choose? Wow. Mm. Go ahead and replay that few seconds again. <laughs> Go ahead. You know how we have uh, when you're listening to uh, something like a podcast or a book, there's this little circle and you could go back 15 Yes, seconds. yes, yes. Listen to that okay. again. Do that. All right. Do that. Now you might have to do that twice to get back to that comment. <laughs> but that's, I mean, that's so powerful. That's just so incredibly powerful because it's true. Like if there was a blank canvas mm -hmm. and you could do this by design of your own design, whoa, that, that could be quite different than the, the blueprint that somebody else gave you. Yeah. The world is your stuff, mm -hmm. as they say. Yeah. As they say. Simone, how can people find you? If they want to connect with you, learn more about what you do, um, you know, maybe get more exposure to your books, the the kind of experiences that you offer, what how might they do that? Well, my name is perfect for Google because there is no other Simone Millis's that I've come across so far in the world. I know it's like See, that's how different you are. Exactly. You're that's so different, different that, yeah. that there really isn't anybody. Exactly. So my, my website is SimoneMillis's.com. My Instagram handle is SimoneMillis's, Facebook, all of that. And so all my I've got lots of classes and books and you can, yeah, Google, you can find that. And on accessconsciousness.com, which is 
the classes I facilitate, it's on there too. It's incredible. Well, here's the good news about technology is I want to make sure all that information that she just said is in the show notes because there's this little section of when you're listening to podcasts that you click on and you can just go right there to somebody's social media or website. We're so advanced. Look at us. We can do that these days. Yeah. But it's pretty cool that we can connect with like people all over the world too. All over the world. Like that energy of like, and I'm so noticed in the past few years too, it's like, I want to say people finding, like finding your people. I really had that go up a lot. Yeah, it's, it's incredible. I mean, and this is, this is why I think it's so important to, you know, lean in and recognize that we, we really don't have limitations when it comes to the fact that there's access to not just information, but people all over the world, you yeah. know, when back when I was trying to access certain pieces of information, it was very limited, mm-hmm. you know, the, the, the internet just, you know, started coming about, but now these, these different modalities, like being able to use uh, video conferencing and all this kind of stuff where you could just in seconds connect with somebody in a completely different part of the world is, is changing the game of how we do anything, how we connect, how we engage, how business happens. And so that's, it truly is a blessing. It's, it's amazing. Yeah. And I would say if you feel like nobody's got your back or there's no one around you, there are people in the world that do. It's like ask for them to show up. They will. Yeah. Well, and that goes exactly back to what you said of when people can start with that, giving yourself an hour to just get in touch with yourself and in tune it with yourself, you'll know what are those needs? What are, what is the energy that, you know, what are the things that you want? And when you put that out there into the universe, it will come back to you. Yeah. It will come back to you, but yeah. you have to give yourself the time and the space first. Yeah. yeah. Nice right. to receive. Yeah. Simone, thank you so much. This That's has been welcome. amazing. It's been fun. Thank you so much. I'm so glad that I've met you. This, this is, it went by like, felt like five minutes. Yeah. <laughs> like, really? It's been an hour? How did that even happen? But this is amazing. Thank you. I really appreciate you coming on the show. You're welcome. Thank you so much for having me. What a fun interview. Simone's energy is fantastic. I really hope that you took a lot away from that episode. And uh, gosh, there is so many things that I would love to reflect on. But the thing that's standing out the most to me really is this blank canvas and the way she answered the question of what advice would she give? What if everything was a lie and you had to, you know, design your life on your own. What would that look like? So my homework for you, my assignment for you is to take stock, take a look. Let's just take it. This is fun. I love this. Take a look at your life and think about its design. What else would you draw on your canvas? What might you change? What might you re-architect? 
you have a magic wand right now to ask for absolutely anything that it is that you want, what would that look like? What would that look like? That's amazing. I am totally going to lean in to this and do this as a journal excerpt because I think this is a beautiful opportunity for us to take a pause and really get in alignment with who we are, what we want, and how we want to show up in the world. Her energy is the epitome of born unbreakable and being unapologetically you. At every turn of her story, despite the odds, despite what people said or what other people thought, she made her own choices. I want that for you. And please don't mistake this unapologetic self for being, you know, in rebellion or just uh, not listening and, and, you know, to the influences around you. Don't, don't mistake this <laughs> episode as saying, just go out there and be a rebel. What, what Simone is saying and what I'm stacking my hand on with her is to be somebody. In fact, there's a great book. Look at me, leaning into a book recommendation. One of my favorites, uh, <clears throat> author-wise, Don Miguel Ruiz, The Fifth Agreement. And he talks about being skeptical and asking questions. So my invitation to you is as people are coming to you with their thoughts, their feelings, their opinions, is that you're asking the question of whether you truly agree and, and it's the space of uh, alignment or if you have a different point of view. Either way, the answer isn't wrong, but just be sure that you're moving consciously, intentionally, authentically in the world and you will find that when you do that and you're living in your truth, you can achieve what Simone is talking about, which is more joy in your life. Oh, wow. Oh, I hope you enjoyed this episode. I just want to listen to it all over again because this is a vibration. This is the energy that I want to be in. Thank you for tuning in. If you haven't already, please subscribe or follow the Born Unbreakable podcast so you can get notifications of new episodes and rate and review if you haven't done that either. I appreciate the feedback. I read every single comment, uh, people who send in an email to des at bornandbreakable.com. I read them. It may take me a while, so don't don't be upset if it takes me a little while to get back. There's a, there's a lot of... Uh, um, emails and, and I do the best I can in between all of the other things that are going on. Uh, so with that, remember, you are your only limit. So take action today. Thanks for tuning in.